Hi, this is Miriam and you're welcome to Journeys with Podcast episode 11. How are you guys doing? Journeys with Podcast went on a little hiatus and we are back with brand new episodes. Journeys with is a podcast which reunites. It's about people and their journeys through life. I believe everyone has a story. We all have a story and it's amazing what can take place when we let someone share their stories. So many things have changed in the last few months. Life has changed. I heard someone say that 2020, with all that he has come with, has forced the world to look at things properly and that this year has exposed things that were already there, but that society may have been too busy, quote-unquote, to acknowledge before. For the next three to four episodes, I will invite individuals to share their stories on my podcast in regards to race, culture, self-acceptance, growing up in Britain as a black person, and more. Today, I have Bola with me. Her full name is Omo Bola. She's multi multi-talented, artistic and creative person, a singer, a songwriter. I mean, she does it all. She lives in Scotland. She's African like me, only that I'm Ghanaian and she's Nigerian. But it's the same with soul siblings. And I wanted to have her on the podcast for her to share experiences being, you know, a minority in an industry often dominated by people who are not black. I'm also curious to hear about her dual culture being British and Nigerian. And I don't even like to say my, you're a minority, Bola, because you are more than that. You're amazing. We have to use the word minority, Aww. but you are more than that. We are more than just minorities. We are more. Honestly, it, the only reason I believe they use it is just because we're less in this country. We are less, but yeah. If we were in Africa, we'd be the majority, right? Exactly, right? So, hi, Bola. Welcome to Journeys with Podcast. Hello, Mariam. Thank you. Not a problem. Um, Thank you for having me. How do you feel being here? How do you feel like, is it your first interview? I don't even like to say it's an interview. Is it your first one? (laughs) Well, I've I've had a couple in the past. Um, One was like for TV. Um, There was like some singing show. And I was just asked questions about. It was a dating show, so I was asked questions oh, about I think my, I saw um, that. like my romance. And, and oh yes, yes, I so I did upload um, the episode. Yeah, um, that was funny. And so yeah, yes, I have had a bit of experience being interviewed. Yeah. So for those who yeah. are wondering, oh my gosh, Miriam, you went to Scotland. You went to Scotland, Miriam. No, guys. You know what? <laughs> We thank God for technology. We thank God for technology. But I'm oh, not going to lie. God. It feels good to speak to someone without a mask, even if it's through a video call. It feels good. <laughs> oh, I'm honestly, honestly, I'm like, you're my good friend. So it's, yes. you know, it's, it's easy to just like oh. chat. Yeah. So I guess the first question that I will ask you, Bola, is how do you identify as? Do you identify as a Nigerian? Do you identify as a Scottish? Do you identify as just Ooh. British? Even do you identify as Black British? Do you even like the term Black British? Hmm. <laughs> um, black British. I well, do you know? I've never actually thought about it. Um, whether I like it or not. Um. I mean, I do, I would, yeah, I do identify myself as a black British or British Nigerian because, you know, I believe it, um, Britain, like me growing up in Britain, um, it, it has become my nationality mm. and, and also I'm also Nigerian. I have Nigerian parents, so it, it also makes me equally Nigerian as British. So tell, yeah. me, tell me a little bit about like where you were born and when you moved to Scotland. Because I know, you, were you born in North London? Um, yeah, so my parents moved here like over 25 years ago. Oh, um, they met no. in London. I mean, so, moved here so in, in, in Scotland 25 years ago. Oh, no, I'm sorry. They moved to London 25 years ago. Okay. And then, yeah, so they had myself and my siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved from North East Lo- North London, excuse me, to South East London okay. when I was four. And then um, I spent 
um, most of my years in southeast London and then I moved to Scotland when I was 17. Okay, so, so tell me about like the move to Scotland because I don't want to say it's random because it's your journey, right? But it's like, like, <laughs> so it's like you, you are living in London, you're a London girl, and then all of a sudden, let's move to Scotland. So how did it happen? <laughs> what happened at 17? What made you, your family move to Scotland? Yeah, so yeah, you're, I think you're right it is a random move um you know after, after living in london for so many years yeah. but, um so basically um my mom had a friend um who was who who actually came from london and she and she moved to scotland um and she was you know speaking with her talking about um the free tuition fees that um are offered to students after they've lived there for 3 years and above and my mom was interested in the idea she wanted you know obviously free tuition uni tuition fees for myself and my brother who were about to yeah um, enter uni yeah she thought about it and she thought you know she's tired of london um oh, was like, she tired of, like why is that about london that makes you think oh my gosh yeah i'm actually gonna move to scotland what was she tired of seeing in london i, I suppose like congestion <laughs> like you know london is so busy and yeah you know true. there's not you you don't really have time to like relax just chill um yeah so i think that was part of it and also like the the opportunity to like get free tuition fees it was a good time to move. Right. Ultimately, you can say that your mom kind of uh, made the decision for her kids. A bit of sacrifice as well. Like, you know what, for my kids, you know. Also, also, <laughs> oh, also because of the financial thing, but it's also because she was thinking of you guys, you know, when it comes to school <laughs> and, you know, not wanted to have that kind of, you know, burden. And she was thinking of you guys. You can see that as a sacrifice of some sort. Oh, it's for sure. Yeah, she definitely sacrificed her job um, for us. Wow. Um, and yeah, she was, you know, she had a good um, lucrative job in nursing. Wow, and, in London um, before she for moved a, in, in That's right, in London. And, and then, you know, she, when we moved to Scotland, um, she didn't actually have a job for a, a few, like a, at least a good few months uh, about eight months wow. um so yeah before she actually got her first um shift so um wow. yeah you def- you're definitely right when you say it's a sacrifice what was the experience like when you moved to scotland you know from being in london going to scotland how was the how how did you what was your experience like did you before you move know a little bit about scotland or you knew nothing about it i that's the thing i knew nothing about scotland i i was just like funny enough there was like i did a little um like a short play like with my youth group um back in, back in london and i i think i put on a scottish accent but i, I didn't even know how scottish people sounded i just said oh i'm scottish or something oh like my that God. Um, life is funny yeah, and funny life is very funny yeah I, di- I didn't know that like who knew that years later I'd be going to um you know to live there um or here I should say yeah so it's I had no idea just you know when my mom said we're moving I was just like oh what a new adventure and now you're 25 isn't it yes I am you're 25 and it's like when you moved there did you have the London girl tag on you or did you have the whole (laughs) did you have the black girl tag on you like oh my gosh can I touch your hair oh um so I the transition yeah was definitely like you know all eyes were on me because like there were very few um, blacks in Scotland in 2012 we moved so there were quite a few um, blacks there and you could count the amount of black people on your fingers like literally it was it yeah it was definitely (laughs) very scarce at the time there's much more now than there were but yeah so like I definitely felt a bit like you know all eyes were me on me and people were very especially when you're to from london especially when you're from london and you see black 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 people and everywhere and it's very multi-ethnic and then you go to scotland and it's like i'm i'm only i oh, yeah. many black people here oh yeah it was definitely a difference in you know like um, demographic should i say um it did seem it was very weird to adjust to um at first 
but I, I I mean now I'm I'm very much used to it when I even moved to London I'm like <laughs> oh it's so busy here you know almost as if I never I never I never lived in London but did you have any experiences of people you know just looking at you like oh my gosh you're not really from here like so I did have a few, yes, I did have a few microaggressions, um, I, yeah, if you, so to speak. Um, but I didn't actually think it was that. I just thought people were just admiring me. And also, like, people would make comments like, oh, she's so gorgeous. Or, um, or maybe like, oh, you look different with this. Like, because I used to change my hair, you know, us black girls, we love to change our hairstyles. And mm-hmm. we sort of have to because of our, you know, we're trying to protect our hair. Mm-hmm. And so I, I remember whenever I, I had a new hairstyle, they'll think, oh, um, well, you look different. Um, so, yeah, I did get, you know, quite a few comments, um, you know, going to school and going to work as well. I guess, I guess it's not the whole, you know, because when people talk about, you know, the whole can I touch your hair thing is like, I guess it depends on on your perspective because people say that feeling like this makes you feel like the odd one out. Why can't I just be myself without people looking at me like, oh my gosh, this girl, oh my gosh, look at this girl who is here, who's got new hair, oh my God. You don't want to have people (laughs) of attention because of what is so natural to you. So I guess, you know, I mean, there are different ways to look at it because sometimes you just want to leave and do what you do. You don't want to be looked at in a certain way. And sometimes right. it's like, oh, maybe they're just loving my hair, but it's... You know, I had different, like, man, um, moments of, you know, or different feelings towards um, those comments. Um, so, like, as you mentioned, like, like, oh, like, all the attention is on me. And then there are other times that I felt like, oh, I'm, you know, the, you know, singled out and, you know, people Actually appreciate my, yeah, exactly. I felt special and I felt appreciated more than, more than other people, possibly. It, I suppose it just depended on how I felt that day. Right, 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 right. You know, um, yeah. I have I have met people uh, in the UK who don't live in London. I live in London, and you know, people that are, you know Africans mm-hmm. and black like me as well. And yeah. I just know that there's this reality that as a you know black person or as an African living outside London is a lot more harder. I face that as a person born mm-hmm. in France. It's a lot right. more harder to access products for for black people i don't want to say black product but you know hair relaxer or hair for braids or if you know even right. getting different ingredients to make our different foods knowing that the price is 10 times more expensive outside of london to get the basic stuff to make our right dishes. do you have that or do you experience that in scotland where things for you as a black person that you need is just ridiculously more expensive or it's just that 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 many shops that cater to what you need do you feel that yes most definitely um in edinburgh um there are there's only a a quite a few um african food stores in fact i think there's actually about two in edinburgh (laughs) and like yes oh my god (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's yeah this is very limited and yes food is often pricey um some some um ingredients are like the same price as it's always just like price the same as foods in london but mm-hmm. i think the most most um foods are priced higher um you know when i'm trying to get plantain or oh, my mother's trying to get plantain she, she'll find that it's like maybe like three pounds more than it would would be in london it's interesting you know because like everything is the same price except these ingredients except these staple food because bread is the same price milk is the same price but then plantain is 10 times more expensive hair relaxers are (laughs) 10 times more expensive a hair for braids. right what do you think that is i'd say maybe it's because um you know it's could be to do with um the fact that we that there aren't many africans in the country and like um in scotland and perhaps like they need to sell it at a higher price so they can get it's a bit like exploiting in a way yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah it's quite unfair really i actually don't know the the real answer or the truth but i have a feeling it might be to do with the fact that there there's a scarcity of black people in in countries or cities outside of the main cities and you know that made me think a little bit bola 
this this what i'm talking about it made me think that if as a nation you say that you are inclusive it's racial equality what is it that you know mm. me as a british person i'm not british but what about you like what is it why is it that you as a british person because the fact that you're black doesn't mean that you're not british you are british being british yes. is also yeah. being white as being black being british is also being indian if you were born there as it is being asian that's right and so why is it that as a black British person, things that I need are 10 times more expensive just because of my race when I'm British? So is that, is that fair at all when I think about it? Is that fair? It's, um, it's quite unjust in a way. Yeah. I, don't, I, I think it's, you know, from the get-go, we've always had it harder, like two, right. 10 times harder than our white counterpart. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a shame. I think that's where us being as being a minority comes into play. Even before this anti-racism thing happened, uh, you know, in terms of anti-racism protests and, you know, it was always there. But, you know, this year, I guess people know spoken more about it. Uh, people get got to know a little yeah. bit more about it. It's a thing where there yeah. are people who say... Um, you know, British people, like Britain is a diverse place, like black, ethnic minority, BME, we're all the same and stuff. But then you look at situations like this and it's like, we actually not because things are just more expensive. Uh, it's not only until recently that, you know, there were different, that different shades for black people when it comes to makeup. It's, it's not until recently that things, I guess, have started to change in some way. And it's like, there's no racial equality. There's no, there's no, like, yeah. there's no things that I want to get as a black person in Scotland. It's just 10 times harder for me to get. And then you're talking about the fact that I'm British yeah. and I'm included. It's very ironic. It's very ironic. But, you know, it's, it's interesting because until recently, me, I'm the kind of person, I think you're like that as well. I'm a very positive person. Mm. I'm a very positive yeah. person. I don't go. So oh yes. Much. I don't. I I re, I rarely go to places and think I'm black. I really don't think I'm just Miriam. I don't go somewhere to think, hmm, what is it that I've experienced that you know that is was traumatizing that I can remember that was racist. I don't think like that. Is it not? Is not until you know the recent event i've had to think about my own experiences and i have had to i've had to analyze and think what is it that growing up i considered normal but thinking about it wasn't normal <laughs> do you feel like you've had to do this introspective yeah. work about what is it that i've been through that have led me is to the that, person that i am today yeah honestly i i totally agree with you like i mean i go about my day normally um, you know, before the whole George Floyd situation and oh, like more racism attacks getting filmed, you know, I'd go about my day and I've not really, I would say that I've not, I'm one of those people who have not really experienced racism in, on a grand scale. Right. So I never, I never thought of myself to be like, you know, I never um, considered myself or I paid attention to be until before the whole situation. But yeah, like yourself, I actually kind of got, had to think about it more. Like, have I actually experienced racism? And, you know, a lot of black people, I mean, this is the period that a lot of black people have come out with stories of, you know, racism in their schools, at work, um, their experiences. And it's been like, wow, like I actually have experience similar things and you know and it's it's a shame that i you know you have to get pe and it, it's a shame that people had to come out about it before you could realize that, that it, you know you've experienced it yourself sort of thing i i i completely <laughs> relate i completely relate because it's a thing where sometimes when you're brought up when you think where when you're growing up and you experience certain things, it's a thing of living as a minority. That's what it is. When you grow up, hmm. when you grow up, especially with parents that have had to work hard to get to where they are, in your mind, even <laughs> if you experience difficulties, it's part of the normality because you think that's what I have to go through because I am exactly. of a certain different race. And so it's like... You consider it normal. Even me, I've experienced certain comments or feeling being the only black person in the room, but it's normal for me because it's like, 
that's how I've, it's always been for me. So it's not until you hear <laughs> these experiences that you're like, yo, that, what, that te- what that teacher told me growing up or that person that told me that I can't come to her house because I'm black, that was not right. That was yeah, not right. right. Yeah. I have to think of that was not right, Miriam. So it's like it's just so normal for us. So maybe it's because we have we I don't know, we just thick skinned in some way. Yeah, we've been through it so much for it to become like numb to us. Like we it's numb to us right, now. Right. And right. I, I totally think that's the the reason why we don't like kind of um we're not so like vocal annoyed about it or vocal, yeah. Um, it, it took like racism, like pro- police brutality being filmed to like make us understand that we have, we have not been given our equal rights or we've not been um, treated, sorry, the same as our white counterparts. Right. But that may not be someone coming up to, like, to us and calling you, oh, you black. It might not even be that. It's also in the, the fact that, you know, when you talk about the beauty industry, different shades that uh, not until Fenty Beauty came out and then, you know, catered mm. for all our needs in some way. Or, you know, talking about yes. Scotland and how, you know, some things are more expensive or, you know, it's hard for you to get to. You know, that's, that's racial inequality. It's, it's uh, subconscious racism. Yeah. Um, Constant reminders that you are not part of us you are not you are you are a minority you are a minority yes you are a minority yeah, exactly i think it's because it you know from the get-go from the slavery days we've we've always been kind of like brainwashed to feel like we are less than and mm-hmm. second second degree and you're talking about slavery but in regards to us being you know obviously in regards to us being africans like second generation of africans we're talking about colonialism even though i've had to do some research about colonialism and the impact that it may have on the way that we as africans think about ourselves right now the whole colonial Mm -hmm. colorism thing about you know why is being fair better than being dark where is that coming from it's just it's just all these stereotypes and also labels that have been placed on us. Of course, it's not true, but that's what has been, you know, pumping the media. It's been pumping the mm. society. Yeah. You know, that's the way people see it. Yeah. And it's like, it's so unfortunate, like, it's, it's how we've got here. But, you know, I would like to say also that, you know, um, that not every ethnic person from ethnic minority or not every black person listening may feel discriminated against not everyone that is black feel like oh my gosh i can relate to these but the fact that you don't or the fact that you're you're not black and you you haven't heard of your friend facing this stuff doesn't make someone else's experience invalid you know i've had to understand that I haven't, I may not have experienced it, but it doesn't mean that it's not true. It doesn't mean that I feel equal. It doesn't mean that things are, you know? Right. It, racism is, is as real as it can get. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about your 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 gifts. Let's talk about your gifts, your passion, <laughs> your talents, because you do so many things. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so tell me, I'm how, so, how so did it start? Flattered. How it started? Um, well, I was very young um, when all of when I realized my passion for music and drama. I always say this. My mom um, said that I well, she told me that I started singing from the age of two. Wow. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, I don't know. I, I can't remember that far down, but I I know I do remember um, putting on performances in front of my parents um, and like watch it whilst I was like standing in front of the tv screen watching music videos I'd like sing along to them wow. you know so I, I I believe it's it's always been a part of me you know from a young age I know you know you get a lot of musicians and artists who say that that it's you know it's been a part of them from young and it, it really is the case you know I think if it, it's it's definitely something that most people find when they're young like so is there a thing where like performing has always been part of you is it something that you've always loved performing yeah definitely um I actually took part in 
talent shows whilst I was at um, primary school. The passion was there and, you know, I, I went on doing more shows in secondary school, um, singing in assemblies. Like I just continued until about, so when I was um, about to pick my GCSEs, um, my parents actually told me like you have to pick serious subjects yeah. <laughs> um, so without you know with our African parents it's quite if we were to pick a non-academic subject it, it might it could be deemed as like you know it's not going to get you a, a good job and things like that which which is um sort of true but at the same time you know if you're passionate about it you you never know where arts related subjects take you so careers sorry can take you mm -hmm. so I remember my dad especially saying that I should pick business and law subjects so um, wow. which right yeah and I was like I don't really want to do law or business like it wasn't your history passion. It, exactly it just wasn't my passion so after secondary school I did do like a, a course in events management and then I wasn't like really interested in that either so funny enough my mum she she drove past a performing arts college in Edinburgh um she was like when she got home she asked me like to sign up for it and yeah. I did so I I did like an acting audition and okay. I, I sang a song I got into the performing arts school it was actually my performing arts school my qualification in the performing arts school that actually helped helped me wow. to um, get into uni with modeling I've always wanted to model like you know growing up I watched a lot of um, America's Next Top Model right, right, <laughs> with Tyra right. Banks I just thought oh yeah let, let me go for this um, local fashion right. show in, in Edinburgh I, I remember wanting to do it because like I wanted to be confident and because mm -hmm. I did lack a lot of confidence right, back right, then right. ironically enough I, I think there was this side of me that just felt like very shy and yeah. anxious of course I've overcome that since then you know I've been yeah. doing a lot more shows and the more you do it the more, the more yeah. confident one becomes you know I think yeah. people who do you know theatre or acting is very is extremely courageous to do this job to show that vulnerability and to be angry and to show your anger because you have to be vulnerable yes you you do have to kind of tap into like emotions that you you may not usually you know yeah experience or express and then and then sometimes you it might be easier for you to put on some emotions like you know with yourself maybe being happy and bubbly i can i can actually relate with that yeah that's the challenge but at the same time it actually um has been like a blessing because you kind of experience different kind of parts of you mm. you know because and and it in a sense you're not really losing yourself if you can go into like different parts of you right in within a camera within a character you know so we spoke about it earlier a little bit but it's like for me i feel like as as a black person uh, I, even as black people i feel like we always have this inner knowing that to succeed in the country that you were born in but that you know that you're a minority in you have to work 10 times harder this is something that for a lot of us especially from parents that are african immigrants immigrants in general we just had this knowing you know just like being a woman you know people telling you that even not even people telling just knowing that you have to work 10 times harder have you felt that you know i i have indeed oh um you know i with my job um, as as a model, like the, I can give an example actually. So I was casted for a, um, a makeup shoot um, in Glasgow, and yeah, it was it was going well. It was like I was I was told the date and time, and then like a few days later, my agent had to break it down to me that I can't. Um, I, like I'm not going to be needed again because um, they can't do well you you can guess that um, because I'm black well she didn't put it that way but of course but um, she was she said that they um, unfortunately the the makeup artists do not work with black um, skin tone or dark skin oh tones it had oh to God. kind of be taken off the um, list of this people is ridiculous models yeah How sad. I, yeah it's 
it's pretty like it's kind of discouraging yeah I can definitely put put it that way yeah there's lots of stories like that where I've just been like you know tell me about them them. because something as easy as makeup or we don't know how to work with your skin tone so sorry we're not Mm going to give you that role this is this can be very hard for you especially because you're on your way to you know reaching your how did you feel oh but definitely felt I I definitely felt like discouraged and I felt like it kind of knocked my self-esteem um you know just thinking oh because I'm black like I will never like meet the beauty standards you know the media always like um kind of makes that known to us anyway like like we black women you unless you're like really tall and um you've got maybe some European features like a pointy nose or something you you meet you don't meet the beauty standards Mm. and you know it kind of reinforced that for me when I wasn't selected. If you were white, you wouldn't have that problem. Exactly, exactly. Like they've they've always got provisions for white people, and like I mean, I, I, I don't I can't say that they they meant it to you know maliciously, but I felt like they you know obviously it was because I was black, mm-hmm. but yeah, just that maybe they may have not meant it, but you know it just goes it just reinforces the fact that you know there's just there's not enough um catering to us as black people or in this situation black models i i also had another audition um but this this time um an acting role um and it seemed like the judges liked me i was the only black person as well this was in this is in scotland here Mm -hmm. and um i didn't get the role i mean again so i i can't really tell why but I, I mean, I can't really say that, oh, it was black and white. It's because I'm a black person, they didn't pick me. But there's, there are things around it that make me feel like it could be because I'm black. Because I was the only um, black person there. Um, you know, it was mainly black. It was actually white judges, you know. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a setup to fail in a way. Mm-hmm. It's even just being the only black person in the room is just awkward. It's like, why? Why is it not a normality to have people from different minor ethnic ethnic backgrounds? It's just even that yeah. awkwardness of being the only black in a room. Oh, <laughs> so many times, yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if I've mentioned, but yeah, I think I've mentioned before, like um, in Edinburgh, there's a scarcity of black people. So mm-hmm. when you do get involved in these um, entertainment shows or, you know, even if you're just doing like um, little um, plays, you're, you're always the minority. There's only mm-hmm. maybe just one other black person um, other than yourself. And you're made to feel like, oh, you're, you're different. Again, like they might not mean that in a bad way, but... Mm-hmm. You can, t- it's because of that kind of mindset. You know, the anti-racism protests and stuff have led a lot of people within the entertainment field to speak up. You've had, um, you know, X-Factor <laughs> people come in and say it. Alexandra Burke, for example, right. saying that she was told. Me should be. Me should yeah. be. Alexandra Burke was told that in order to appeal to the white audience, she may have to have to bleach her skin. You've had um, Me should be being given, you know, I remember that instant on X Factor when she was, you know, torn down. But because I was so young, I couldn't hmm. see what was going on. And it's like, right. you, like yeah. you, you've had, you, you have um, Hollywood as well. There's an open letter that was signed by black and brown producers from Hollywood targeting Hollywood yeah. and talking about how, you know, the systematic racism needs to end and different steps that can be taken to take to, to you know, to have more inclusivity and British film industry as well has done the same thing. And it's like, yo, yeah. we have a, a long way to go. Why do you think diversity Honestly. is important, Bola? Diversity is important too because of representation. Like people who watch the media, uh, well, sorry, entertainment, they, they want to see people just like them so they'll feel included. You know, it's not just white people who watch um, films, Hollywood movies, but yeah, you see maybe 80% of the cast being white, apart from like, you know, Black Panther. But 
<laughs> yeah, definitely for um for the purpose of like representing mm. right the right people, you know. So it seems realistic. Not until um you know we sort that out that can people ever really feel included and mm. a part of society. It's very yeah. interesting when I heard all these amazing celebrities that we love and admire. You know, Alexandra mm-hmm. Becky took her like what, six, seven, eight years to come out and say it because she was scared of what she was going to lose. To just to add to your point about diversity representation, uh, even to the black girl at home who is small and thinking, oh my gosh, can I make it? Just seeing someone who looks like her on TV would inspire her. Oh, definitely because it's been shown to the masses you know people they they feed from what they they're seeing and if they don't see someone like them they're automatically automatically going to think oh well that means I'm not important you know it sends you know signals to the brain that oh they're just yeah. not as important so it's 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 really important they're they're trying they're getting better they're trying, but they're, getting they're still better. yeah it's still it's there's a lot a long way to go yeah as you, you mentioned yeah i was thinking about it and i was thinking how what is the right solution because i'm sure bola as an actress yeah. as a singer as all that you are the reality is as human beings we don't want to see we don't want to be seen for our color alone we don't want to be there and have someone say right. We're hiring you because you're black so that we look good. We don't want people to see us as, uh, oh, we're just going to hire you Hmm. and nominate you just to look good, right? But at the same time, it's also important to see color because people who say they don't see color, they're lying because Mm -hmm. we all see color, right? And I think I read an article which says that, you know, what we should work on is what we should work on is our impulse when we see a certain race. It's not the fact that we don't see color because we all do, right? So I'm like, what is that's right? If directors are not intentional about having a diverse, um, you know, list of factors, then then they will just hire people who look like them. So it's like, what do you think? Definitely, is the should you see color? Do you want to be seen as a black actress or you just want to be seen as an actress? But at the same time, you can't see that you don't want to be seen as black because you are. So what is the right? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's kind of I get that. It's very. Um, I think it it will differ to um, different black actresses um, mm-hmm. out there but for me I definitely I want people to see that I'm black and I, okay. but I want them to see me for my talent as well you know I don't want it to be the you know the center focus or the reason as you said why they would pick me like yeah I want it to be for my talent but yes I do want people to see yes I'm black but you know a black person with talent you know a black person mm-hmm. who who can play like a, a lead role right. just as good as as the white counterpart right. you know and i want them to see the diversity that you know someone can someone who is black is not just playing the maid or it's not just playing right. the um like the the com- comedic woman right. um, i want them to see that a white person can play a person of status uh, sorry right. a black a black person can play as a person of status and mm-hmm. I mean you are seeing that in in movies now um you know I think of um, Taraji P Henson she's mm-hmm. like she she tends to play like um, strong business women but mm-hmm. um oh yeah and that's another um like label they put on black actresses like um you know strong and um mm-hmm. in like kind of like aggressive and I mean couldn't she be I mean, that, there's nothing that's wrong interesting what you're like, saying because there's also this, this conversation yeah. about is it actually good for 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 the is is the is the is the term strong black woman a good term? There's also this conversation. People saying it's a good thing, mm. but it's also not a good thing. Because can I not just can I not just be a woman? Can I not just be a black woman? Why do I have to be strong? You know. So there's also this, right? Yeah, yeah. That that in itself, it, it kind of like kind of puts um, black women in this box that like they have to be like strong and um, there's nothing wrong with being a strong black woman right but I think it's because it's been it's connected to the fact that you know black women had to it, it back to the you know dating back to the days of slavery they've had to 
you know they've you know they've had to they they are survivors of right um rape they're survivors of you know really like yeah. you know tough treatment so you know it, mm-hmm. it cause, cause it kind of connects to that that's why people don't like that like right, us black right. individuals or black women do not yeah. like the term but i do think it's it's a it's a good thing to be addressed as but I don't I I think the problem lies where it's just like only to um you know address to a black woman mm-hmm. like couldn't there be a white strong woman couldn't there <laughs> yeah, be a, right. a, a white right. strong asian but like you know it's it's a bit more touchy with the black person because of the history of the connection right. behind it and it's interesting it's, like the history said. behind it yeah, it's interesting what you said about the roles as well, because it's like, I guess also the problem is in terms of the stories that are written, the stories that are written, you know, you don't want to be seen as an actress, as someone who can only play one role. You want to be seen as an actress who can play different roles. So I guess the but, problem yeah. is when a director looks at a person who is black to just being able to act just a certain role, but not all roles, not all different roles, not a beautiful role. It kind of limits them from doing, from being more, you know, mm-hmm. that they are definitely capable of being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess also the thing is that people sometimes just don't know. And it's a thing where I think people naturally are drawn to what they're familiar with. So if you're a person who is white and you're middle class, of course, if you're a producer and you you, 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 you have a wonderful role out there, you would think about a white actor or a white actress being that particular character because you don't have people around you who are from different right. backgrounds. So it's just a, it's racial bias and sometimes I think it's unconscious. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah, like I don't think it's you know, because they want to be unfair, but it's because that's what all they, they know. know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the issue. You know, if they can put more people of di- or seek for right. more people of diversity to join their team, right. maybe it can be right. There could be different um, casting, right? You know, exactly. to what we're seeing. Exactly. I guess that's why it's important to have this conversation because sometimes people just don't know. A lot of people don't actually know what people are protesting. Yeah, so that's the that thing. Talking right now, I guess. So I hope it will open people's minds, and that's why it's good to talk. Very true. Very true. You won't. People won't know unless someone mentions it, and mm-hmm. and that hey, I'm so grateful for social media and what <laughs> it's doing. Like everyone's reposting, tweeting, yeah, yeah. like. Black Lives Matter and yeah. um, people are, you know, really you know, trying to make people aware that, you know, this this racism, this thing called racism is so real. And mm-hmm. if we can do, if we can put it, you know, pump it into people's minds, the more, the, the more they can learn things and, and the better, yeah. And it's even teaching us as black people too. And there are people who are listening right now and of course, you know, you may not have... Uh, you may not know what we're talking about, but we're not saying that, I have to say that we're not saying that all people are raised. I think that the, the point is not that. The, no, point is, the, yeah. point, the point is that racial equality is important. As a per- black person living in Scotland, I shouldn't have to go the extra mile just to buy something that fits me. I shouldn't have to struggle to find a shade uh, that suits my skin. That's what we're talking about, is that racial equality ultimately definitely so um almost finally bola how do you see the future of the industry now how do you see the future of the industry in terms of you know not just diversity but you know after 2020 what's going to happen oh um well i definitely can see that there will be an opportunity for um um like you know diversity in the in the creative industry because um you know people are talking about it you know it's so i don't think it's going to go unnoticed i think it might take a bit of time you know because it's something that mm-hmm. has been learned and oh, like for so long and it's institutional it's like that's it that's that's the word i'm looking for thank you yeah. um so like it's it's not going to be something that can change in a day but i think small changes can be made 
I mean, I do see that um, a lot of black um, creative artists there they're going on so they're creating their own opportunities right. um which is really good like i feel like that's the the way actually mm. we might as well make our own opportunity um, create our own mm. opportunities tyler perry for example tyler perry yeah right he's you know producer um writer actor he's 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 doing it all and he's he's he's, he's learning the ropes and he's showing other um people who are aspiring um producers to do the same but yeah i just i did want to add that point like just like aspiring artists out there like to create your own opportunity is the best way forward mm -hmm. if you don't see the opportunity um, for example musicians um you know create videos create music produce your own music mm -hmm. um for, for actors you know do your own monologues post it people will see it and you know you never know where you can go you, you just have to be consistent right. you know I've, I've certainly not made it like yeah but I'm I'm definitely I really want to put content out there because I want to inspire and right. you know I think the best way to do it is to just like create your own opportunities right right so what message do you have Bola for the little girl that you were who just loved acting just very innocent not I probably even think about all oh, the fact that I'm a minority you know she just <laughs> loved acting she loved tv she loved singing what would you tell her would you tell her to still do it to still pursue it oh most definitely I would say to her just con continue with what you're doing don't let anyone bring you down like it's easier said than done but honestly if you don't let anyone bring you down you can definitely make it um yeah just know know your worth as well that you you are amazing you are you are loved you you are able you've got it within you so just just go for it don't don't let anyone take that away from you mm. i wish i told myself this <laughs> um when i was younger but yeah i'm mm. i'm doing it now and and I believe that little girl out there, little girls out there can, can certainly do the same. So what's, what's going to happen? What's next for you, Bola, in terms of your career? Because I'm sure, you know, now we're talking about, you know, the, 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 the difficult times and, 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 you know, you know, racism and stuff. I'm sure you've had, you know, wonderful moments that you can recall about opportunities that you, you know, that were given to you, that you cooked, you know, so what, what's <laughs> next for you? What's next for me? Um, oh, I would say definitely, you know, creating more music, um, composing, writing, mm. getting into the studio, hopefully touring with my songs, um, you know, in different lo locations, like doing little singing gigs, um, perhaps getting into acting as well, professionally. Right. I would would love to do that. Yeah. You know what I was going to say? I was going to say, you know what? I surrender, pun intended. <laughs> I surrender, <laughs> pun intended. I'm giving you the next five minutes or more to just tell me about where people can find you, your works, your new music and your project. That's what I was going to say, but I missed that. <laughs> ah. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Um, yeah, so yeah. I am... Um, Yes, um, so I've got new, two new singles out, um, You Ain't Got The Right and I Surrender. Um, they're streaming on all platforms, um, music platforms, such as um, Spotify, YouTube, um, iTunes, Google Play. Um, and yeah, please watch it on YouTube. You know, YouTube is free. So if you, if you like it, Instagram? then you can, you can stream it. What's your Instagram's name? Is at Omobola Okeo. Just find oh, okay. her on Journeys With Podcast. I would definitely put a link to her Instagram. Um, so Bola, in terms of, you know, what would you want your legacy to be? You know, you're doing acting, you're doing all these wonderful things, but I'm sure there's a reason why you're doing it. There's something that inspires you to do it. So when you leave the earth one day, what, what, what do you want people to remember uh, you as in your works? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, well, my, my vision is to dominate the, um, the arts, particularly in music <laughs> and <laughs> acting. Uh, <laughs> I know, it's such a big dream. Like, they Possibly. always say, if you want to dream, 
if you've got to dream, dream big, right? Mm -hmm. So um, what I mean by dominate is like to take charge of the industry, like really having such an influence over the industry and, you know, inspiring people who may not have had that confidence to, to do the same or, or do whatever they're doing. Yeah, I definitely want to leave a mark in, yeah. in the area of music and, and acting. And I want to say your previous single, I forgot, uh, you ain't got the right. You right? ain't got the right. It, this, yeah. Yeah, this song really blessed me. It really blessed oh, me. Because you I, did mention, thank you so really much. Um, because I was feeling really like, you know, down and I couldn't sleep. And I was like, you know what, let me listen. And it's like, wow. I listened to it like two thousand and three thousand four times. And it's like, I feel wow. like, wow, God was shaking me up. That Miriam, you ain't got the right to just be depressed and just be down. And, wow. you know, this lockdown thing. And it was just such a blessing. And sometimes it's not just about the voice, but it's about the spirit behind it. Definitely, and so definitely, it's God. God just had really, you know, like kind of put inspired those words, and I'm so happy to hear that you were blessed by it. Like that, that's the yeah. goal, you know, to to really encourage and inspire with the music, with the melody, with the lyrics, you know, just trying to cheer people up. Cheer, I said cheer. My mom says it like that. <laughs> um excuse me um cheer people get them get get them energized you know because life can really knock people down um can knock it's not an easy life is not easy at all but you know if with encouragement you can definitely do you can definitely make it you can definitely win this thing called life right 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 well done and where can someone you know if a casting director watching you right i mean listening to you right now where can they you know get get to you they can get me on via instagram okay. i'm very active on instagram okay. um and facebook yes my instagram handle is omobola kewo and my facebook is omobola matilda okewo i decided to use my full name because i I believe in it. I believe in my name. And, yes, girl. Um, yes, girl. Yeah. Do, do you know? Do you want to know what my name means? What does it mean? So Omabola is a child who's met wealth. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a you know I believe it's a blessing and it will, it will really wow. add on to me. I I use that name with pride actually. I do. So here was Omabola the actress who is not just a black actress she's a black actress who can act all roles wonderful roles fantastic <laughs> roles thank you Thanks for that lovely introduction <laughs> oh, thank you so much Mobola, for your time and you know what thank you for everyone who is listening thank you for having me who you know who listen to our conversation on racism on racial equality for those who are not black for those who are not an ethnic minority but understand where we're coming from understand you know the plight yeah. and understand that you know we're not against anyone but we're just talking about equality no. today so thank you so much guys for listening to journeys with podcast everyone is on a journey everyone has a story journeys with podcast is available on anchor on spotify on apple Podcasts, on instagram at journeys with podcast share this episode guys and leave your thoughts see you on the next episode which you won't want to miss Bye, everyone. Thank you so much, Bola. Thank you. Bye. Bye, everyone.